0: Hello friends, welcome to this tradition unlike any... (laughs) Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. What's up, Big Drive Energy fam? This is uh, your host, Big Drive Mitch, and I am here with my co host and best bud. Uh, Big Drive Spence. How's it going, buddy?
1: It's good, man. How are you doing today?
0: Uh, I'm doing swell. I had the day off today. Um, getting ready for some American Express Championship, which actually is not offered on the DraftKings Sports app, so you can't really bet on that, but that's coming up this week. That's out in La Quinta, uh, California. And then we also have the, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship out in Abu Dhabi, which is in... Um, Wow. Why am I? Dubai. I was drawing a blank there for a second out in Dubai. Um, It's kind of like the little desert swing for the European tour guys. And they have a great field going over there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They actually have a better field over there than they do over here for the, uh, american express so yeah i was gonna you guys are picks there i was gonna Uh, ask
1: i was gonna ask you what do you think is the reason for like playing in abu dhabi or playing the amer i first of all i love that it's just called the american express it's not even the championship it's literally just called the american express so i fucks with that but
0: you're talking about in la quinta yeah
1: but why why do why do you think some players go over and play in abu dhabi and some players play here
0: Oh, well, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Um, So, a few things. First of all, if guys want to maintain dual status on both tours, and a lot of guys like to, I think Justin Thomas does, uh, Patrick Reed does, um, I think Brooks Koepka might. There's a handful of guys, a little more than a handful off the top of my head, that maintain both a European Tour card and a PGA Tour card. And I want to say it's a minimum of five events. or It's either five or seven events you have to play in per year to maintain that Tour card for the European Tour. So guys that split time, they will usually pick the bigger events over in Europe, like this one, because over on the European Tour, a lot of the purses aren't quite as big as they are on the PGA Tour. But there's a handful of tournaments um, where the purse is massive. Like, over in Dubai, there's all this stupid oil money. I mean, there's people over there that are just stupid rich. Like, their accommodations are great. The golf course is awesome. And the purse is huge. So that's why a lot of guys, if they're going to try to keep their European tour card and their European tour status, they make that trip over to play in this tournament because you can still make a good chunk of cash and, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Dubai? It is kind of weird, though. I mean, like, there's some weird drinking rules and, like, some – it all has to do with religion stuff. So it's a little bit different than America. Uh, But those guys say that the the dining over there is top-notch. The hotels over there are unreal. And the golf courses and just – I mean, they're they're big celebrities over there. And they are in America, but – Everybody knows in D- Dubai and Abu Dhabi when this tournament rolls around, and they host like three or four throughout the year, but um, it's a big deal over there. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of those guys like going over there. And uh, it's, I, I honestly think the world golf uh, ranking points are heavier for that event than they are for the PGA Tour event this week. So it is a little bit lighter field over in La Quinta. Um, still, some good players. Yeah, like obviously, Phil, Phil
1: Mickelson still playing. I saw.
0: Yeah, and and there's definitely a, a give and take there. I mean, you're traveling to California versus just taking a, a 13 hour flight to Abu Dhabi. You know, like that's definitely a trade off. You're switching time zones, which is a real challenge for a lot of those guys who are not used to. Um, their biggest time zone change is maybe two hours or when they go over to Hawaii, it's a little different, but that's only a couple of weeks out of the year. It's, there's no seven, eight hour time changes. Like, so it's definitely something to adjust to, but I think a lot of guys just outweigh the, uh, the benefits of going over there and playing in that, that great event and all the accommodations and, and stuff that comes with it, uh, over playing in La Quinta. So, that's why uh, I think the majority of, not the majority, I mean, there's a handful of PGA Tour guys, like, I think Patrick Reed's playing out there, or no, is Patrick Reed playing in, uh, Cal- in California? Patrick
1: Reed's like the favorite for the, the tournament, the American Express.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, he's yeah. He's out in California, he usually goes over to Dubai, um, but Justin Thomas is playing over in Dubai, there's a handful of other Americans over there playing in Dubai, so should be a real fun event we also want to touch on a little bit of uh, justin thomas now that i brought him up he had a sponsor pulled we'll get into that a little bit um and tiger had another back surgery and it's not as it's not as bad as previous ones but we'll get into that also a little bit um let's start with justin thomas we were just talking about him he's one of the top ranked players in the world and he got one of his sponsors pulled their um, their contract, Ralph Lauren Polo. Everyone's pretty familiar with it. Yeah, um, just, utter, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to
1: say, just so everybody knows here, I did get drunk once in college, and uh, I have a Ralph Lauren Polo logo tattooed on my chest. That's all. We were
0: big Polo guys. I mean, I still am. I still wear a lot of Polo. People might think it's up and D, but they, they just make really comfortable stuff. Like Yeah, their stuff is D-line, fire.
1: There's no way around that.
0: D-Line's famous for hating on Vineyard Vines, but I I think Vineyard Vines is just comfortable, and they make cool designs. Like, I, I, I understand it's the frat douchebag look, and it's all daddy's money, East Coast, on a boat off of Nantucket type of look, but I just think they make really comfortable shit. That's why I wear Polo. That's why I wear Vineyard Vines. So, I mean... People can knock it all they want, but love those brands. Um, it's kind of a golfer's. It, it's a little snobby. You know, a lot of the old school, like Davis Love wears it, Smiley Kaufman, um, Billy Horschel. There's a lot of, like, tradi- more traditional Southern golf guys that wear it, um, and Justin Thomas is kind of the epitome of that. He's from Kentucky, went to Alabama, lives in Florida. You know, he's a, he's a Southern guy, so he had... A contract with them, pretty much right after he turned pro. He, it was his oldest contract, oldest running contract he had. And Ralph Lauren decided to pull it after he uttered a uh, homophobic slur. Um, after he missed like a six-foot putt this last week over in Hawaii, or was that was it? A Kapalua, or was
1: it, it was two weeks was
0: ago? It? Yeah, so it was at Kapalua, at the tournament of champions. Um, and so, what do you? What do you think of the whole situation, Spencer? Do you think it was fair that they pulled it? Um, and obviously we're not condoning any of this kind of language, but just kind of playing devil's advocate, maybe playing both sides a little bit and, and seeing why they did it. So,
1: Yeah, well, I think it's from the Ralph Lauren polo type of, that from their standpoint, like you said, playing both sides of the coin, I think this is the smart move for them uh, just because there's a lot of You know, obviously, you shouldn't be saying that word anywhere at any time. It's just not an acceptable word to say. Um, But then there's people that take it over the line and say that this is cancel culture and all those, you know, buzzwords that have been used in 2020 and 2021. I don't necessarily disagree with Polo uh, for rescinding that sponsorship because as polo as a brand when you sponsor a player they're supposed to emulate what you think as a brand you know it's like when you have a, any sort of job and you have employees under you they emulate what you think or you're supposed to back them up and and be a part of them and i i don't blame polo or ruffler and one bit at all for dropping their sponsorship i think the side of it that sucks is you know i I love the fact that we can hear the players and there has been every week that there's a golf tournament. There's hilarious videos that come out of them cursing because let's get real here. What he said, not acceptable, but the fact that he uttered and
0: for those who don't know what he said, we're not going to say it. So either look it up on YouTube or Google it, whatever, but obviously we're not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. I, um, yeah. It, it's just, not an acceptable word to be used um, in any society. At any time, um, sorry I cut you off there.
1: No, you're fine. But basically, I I don't disagree with Polo letting him go, but I also think that it's an unfortunate circumstance for two reasons. Because one, there's a lot of cursing that goes on on the golf course. That's just the way it goes. Uh, uh, if you've ever played golf, and unless you're Mormon or very Christian, I only say Mormon. I'm not attacking Mormons. Let's get that. Let's ease up on that. But we have a member at our golf course that plays with three of the. Dirtiest mouth dudes in the world, but he's Mormon and doesn't say any curse words. So, But he doesn't, it doesn't bother him that they do, but he also doesn't. Um, but most of 90, 90% of people, they'll utter curse words on the golf course, and so it happens. Um, that one, obviously, is not one that should be ever said, no matter if you're on the golf course or hanging out with your buddies. That should just be a word that's kind of out of people's vocabulary by this point. Um, but I think it's unfortunate because... It, it, you, in a normal golf tournament, you never heard things like this. Like there was one or two hot mics a year that were hilarious, not having to do with the same things, just different, different words and different things said that were acceptable words, is, I guess one way to put it. We say a ton of acceptable bad words on this podcast, so if you've heard, you know, you've heard it before. We're all adults here; we've heard those words before. Um, but I just think it's an unfortunate situation for him because. He's going to learn a lesson from it, which is, I think, a good thing. Hopefully, which is a good thing. Hopefully, he learns a lesson from it. But at the same time, it's just kind of shitty because he's not really – that's not really what – you know, He, it, when a player's mic'd up in the NFL, they know they're mic'd up. They tell their teammates, don't say anything. You know, they cut the audio before it gets to the viewers and things like that. And and like I said, I'm not one bit condoning what he said, but he called himself it, you know, and, and it's – more of well, just and a, Justin
0: Thomas didn't even know that it was being picked up. He didn't even know it was a thing till after the round. Oh, really? Like, he came off the golf course and was just bombarded with questions. And I I can only imagine. I mean, he made his bed. He's got a lie in it. But you mutter stuff under your breath, and all of a sudden the entire world has heard it. Like, And that's kind of the tough thing is everybody's throwing stones from a glass house. And we'll, I'll say it a million times, we don't condone this type of language, but who is, nobody's perfect. Everyone said things they wish they could take back. It's like trying to shove toothpaste back into the, to the tube. You know, you just can't do it. Like once it's out there, it's out there. And like, if you really look into some Apollo stuff and it's, it's kind of diving down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but they Produced all their shit in sweatshops over in in Malaysia, and you know, and who knows what kind of working conditions they probably have child labor over there. And it, I'm I'm just saying nobody's perfect. Let's put it that way. And and I don't blame Polo by any means for getting out in front of it and obviously not supporting it and, and not condoning it. Um, but another interesting thing they said was. Uh, we hope that Justin learns a lesson from this and we can work with him in the future again. So they kind of left the door open to where they might bring him back in a couple years or at the end of this year. Who knows? And whatever they deem to be acceptable because he he was by far their biggest uh, um, ambassador out on tour, their most famous ambassador. And obviously at this point you got to set aside monetary gain and, and really put your, your morals out in front of you, but everybody's throwing stones from a glass house. We've all made mistakes, so I just feel for Justin. Like you said, dude, hot mics are great most of the time, and, and another thing, too, that's frustrating, not frustrating, but inconsistent, and I guess it's, it goes company to company, but uh, I want to say it was in 2014, Patrick Reed uttered that same word along with another string of words, that was even more derogatory if you could go there and he got a slap on the wrist. Um, not a single sponsor pulled his, uh, pulled him from their, their ambassador list. Um, and the tour, the tour handles everything internally. So we really don't know. Justin Thomas got disciplined for that from the tour. Uh, Patrick Reed got disciplined back when he did, um, kind of a similar thing, but, It just is – times are changing, and that's – it was never really acceptable, but now it's become even more more unacceptable to the point where there's just a zero-tolerance policy for it, and you really got to keep your your head on a swivel at any point, especially with no fans out there as a tour player. You have to realize that, especially with him being – I think he was – I want to say – four shots off the lead at that time. And he's a, a famous PG Tour player anyways. He's a big name. Um you gotta think cameras are gonna be on you. There's no spectators out there. Whatever you say is gonna be picked up and it's just an unfortunate circumstance for Justin. We hope he learns from it and uh Polo's moving on from him. But just kind of kind of an interesting talk to have and there you know Social media is just a minefield where every take, you know, people just argue and argue and argue. So we're just throwing our opinions out there on it. Um, it's it's a no-win situation for Polo and for Justin Thomas, but hopefully a, a lesson can be learned from him, and, and uh, we'll see if they can kind of repair that relationship in the future. Um, so we'll move on to Tiger Woods he had a fifth back surgery today i want to say kind of came out of nowhere he was experiencing some discomfort back in november um aka i'm playing bad so my back's hurt uh i and i'm just kind of fucking with people like i i don't doubt that his back hurts but he just that's his signature move we've talked about it but uh He just had his fifth back surgery. It was just—I need to read this real quick. Um, It was a microdissectomy. Yeah, I said that right. Wow, that's impressive. That is impressive. Um, While
1: you're looking that up, I want to say like I saw that on my phone. Like the notifications popped up, and I thought, oh, I thought that was the surgery that meant he wasn't having kids anymore. What's that called? (laughs)
0: <laughs> a vasectomy. A vasectomy,
1: <laughs> dude. That's what I thought it said, and I was like, "Oh my God, Tiger's wow, not gonna be able to have is, any."
0: That is gold, dude. If that was in the headlines, I mean, honestly, that might save him more money than his back will in his golf career if he gets a vasectomy. I we won't we won't uh, try to figure out what that means.
1: <laughs> yeah, I literally I mean, micro I was like, "Oh, he got a vasectomy." I just. <laughs> that that ectomy just got me and so i was like oh that's yeah a- i mean i guess I he's old enough surgeries to know.
0: end in ectomy i i could be wrong what what is that root uh sectomy i i don't know i, I feel like it's a root for some word um but basically i, I don't know what a microdissectomy is long story short they were just removing a uh a pressure disc fragment that had given him nerve pain. So fairly minor surgery by the sounds of it.
1: Oh, uh, so ectomy for this little science lesson or whatever, uh, bio, yeah. biology lesson, is uh, denotating, or denoting uh, surgical removal of a specified part of the body. So it's just removing oh, something. there we go. So that's okay. what an ectomy is. So his disc, his his disc day, ectomy so. is a disc re- disc removed from his body
0: micro disc (laughs) a small disc removal ah we just broke that down well done to us um so they yeah that basically is is scientific speak for uh removed a a small disc fragment from i'm assuming his lower back um to relieve some of his back pain and he looks like he's going to miss up to two months um he said he's going to miss tory pines which he always careers it at where doesn't he really career it at, though? I mean, let's let's be real. Um, and then he's also hosting the the Genesis Invitational at Riviera, which by the way is one of my favorite golf courses to watch a golf tournament um, at. It's out in California, out in L.A. And I, I'll preface it like this: I hate L.A. Like I hate California. I'm sorry, it just sucks. Like, there's no redeeming values to it. Maybe if literally not a single human lived there and it was just the landscape, I might enjoy it. But I think it's safe to say humans have ruined California. And that's why uh, everyone's moving to Colorado. But that's a a story for a different time. And it, it blows my mind that there are these pieces of land, like, in prime real estate areas out in california in the la bel air um malibu area that they've remained golf courses and i mean they are legendary tracks like riviera and la country club and bel air country club and sherwood country club i mean they're all super legendary tracks but imagine how much money that that the the land itself is worth so much more than the golf course so that's what's really crazy but it's a it's a Sweet event if you don't um, watch golf very often and you kind of are looking to get into it a little, the Genesis Invitational, the the golf course is just as pure as it gets. Um, but he is supposed to be hosting that event, and he will still host it, which, I mean, I guess he'll just hang out and shake hands and kiss some babies. Um, but he's not going to be playing in it, which is kind of weird. So we're looking at him maybe coming back in the middle of March, you know, he's going to be
1: ready for the Masters. Yeah, I so think, I think I, the biggest key is, and with golf, a lot of you guys know this, or if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know because you pay at least a little bit of attention to golf or play golf. But I think one of the biggest things is, like, him being back for the Masters, back, it, like, playing in the Masters is one thing, but if he actually has a chance to repeat what happened in, in 19 and win it, he's got to be back at least two weeks before and play competitive golf for at least. Uh, one, at least one tournament minimum to even have a shot.
0: Yeah, I would say probably closer to a month, you know, to really be in, in prime form to repeat, like, especially short game stuff, because that's really what leaves you. Um, we all remember, well, if you don't remember, we talked about it. It was either last pod or two pods ago. But when Tiger came back five or six years ago from one of his first back surgeries, Um, he was just shanking it all over the lock. He couldn't chip a ball to save his life. It was fucking hilarious. But that is really something that leaves you when you don't practice. Um, The full swing is something that over time, I mean, he's made millions and millions of golf swings. It's a full 100% swing. There's not a lot of touch involved. You know, it's it's a fairly repeatable motion, but the small – Feel-based motions like chipping, putting, pitching, though like the half wedge shots, um, those are what really leave you, and those are what you need most out at Augusta. So if he wants a real shot at winning at Augusta, I think he needs to be back a week, three weeks to a month at least, um, in order to have a real shot. And and you can't really count the dude out because it's it's Tiger at Augusta. Um, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily see him making a big run at the masters this year um, I was kind of I kind of had an epiphany today um, just kind of a quick side note I was doing something and I was thinking about the masters which is just weird to say um, but I was like I just saw John rom in the green jacket like I I have a very distinct feeling that he is going to win the green jacket this year so do with that what you may um i mean i i didn't actually i meant to look at the futures because i wasn't on my phone at the time i was just kind of daydreaming i might have been like walking somewhere and i just i was thinking about it partially because a little shout out another side note um i'm gonna be on callaway staff going forward so i am gonna be fully uh decked out in callaway stuff which is really cool i love their products and I'm not plugging shit. I mean, they don't pay me. They just give me free clubs. But um, I really do like what they bring to the table. And I was talking to the rep, and it was just – for those of you who don't know, John Rom just moved from Callaway over to ta- – I'm sorry, from TaylorMade over to Callaway um, with pretty much, I think, every single club in the bag except the putter. And I'm not sure if he's planning on moving over with the putter – also, but he's on Callaway staff now, so uh, the Masters, I know it seems like forever away, but I think it's, what, um, three months?
1: Yeah, mid-April, so.
0: Yeah, less than three months, maybe, so it's it's gonna come quick, Um, but anywho, Tiger, uh, he'll be fine, I think. I don't think this is the straw that'll break the camel's back by any means after he came back from everything years ago i think he can come back from uh something as small as this so
1: yeah this is just another road bump for him but the, you wonder with him getting older road bump. you wonder if him getting older like if it's gonna be i mean he's not done yet he just won the masters two years ago but you wonder if just like his want to play golf is slowly like declining at all you know he's a fierce competitor and it was like when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards, you know, something that's kind of what it's starting to feel like a little bit.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't want to see him like to like lower his his the end of his career and and kind of leave people with that thought. And we've seen greats do it all over sports. I mean, Tom Brady should have walked off after he won that Super Bowl in in uh 19 in my opinion, but he didn't. Um And I don't really think he has a shot this year, even though he is in the NFC Championship. Uh, But his career is not going to end. We just saw Drew Brees' career end. um, Losing another playoff game um, at home, like it it never really ends the way you want it to. And very few guys get the opportunity to do that. And we're eventually going to see Tiger, I think, in my opinion, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but Father Time is undefeated. That's not a hot take. That's a fucking fact. Everybody gets old. Um, everybody loses their ability. But at some point, we will see Tiger slowly decline and then eventually just call it a day. Like, I I just don't know. I, I don't see him playing Champions Tour events. You know, Phil, Phil is a totally different dude. Like, he just loves to compete. Um, he's in peak physical shape. Like, see, and, and that's low key why. Like, I think I like being a little thick right now because
1: you got that winter, I get in winter boy thickness.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it, it. It's not winter boy if it's just year round. But um, if I get into my forties and I get like really thin, I'll get like this whole new lease on life, like new image, new me. I'll be in like peak physical shape, but Tiger peaked at like thirty, and now his body is slowly declining. So I'm personally just playing the long game with my body. Like I, I would rather peak later. Um,
1: everyone's than, out here than, playing. Than right now. Everyone's out here playing checkers, and you're playing 4D chess with this body game.
0: It, exactly, I'm playing chess on a Rubik's cube. Like that's how deep it goes for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't see Tiger. I, he'll still compete. He here, Here's a quick question. Do you think he ever wins another major?
1: I actually, at this point, do not. I think – I thought so. After he won the Masters last year, I thought it was uh, like a sure lock that he'd catch Jack. Um, but now yeah. I, I actually don't think he wins another major the rest of his career. I just think yeah, I mean, the fields are so stacked and everybody else, like, like it's just like kind of like – regular season versus playoffs in, like, football. Like, the Chiefs can just mess around with somebody and barely win or play really well in a regular season game, but the second it's a playoffs, like, it's a whole nother level, and everybody, you know, you're competing against 80, other, 80 90, 100 other dudes that are all trying to turn it up to that max level because a, tur- a PGA Tour win doesn't necessarily change a life. I mean, I guess it does for some guys. Most Tour guys it doesn't, but a major win changes, like, a, it changes your your trajectory in your career by a, a wide margin so
0: oh for sure yeah they're all bringing whatever they've got to the table and and realistically the clock's ticking he's 45 years old I mean I really think he's maybe got three or four years left in him maybe um, good years at least you know so we'll kind of see what happens there we'll we'll talk about that um, I'm sure at another point on this podcast but so we'll talk a little bit about Wallowai, uh, where they just played last week. Um, Kevin Na came out to be victorious, shot a, a final round, 5-under, 65. Um, it was a pretty tight leaderboard coming down the stretch. I actually didn't get to watch any of it, but um, looked like a, a fun tournament. You know, Kevin Na's that shot-makers kind of guy, and he – he walks in a lot of putts. He makes a lot of putts when he's he's feeling himself.
1: Well, so a quick uh, quick note on Kevin Na that I found funny when I was, you know, looking at his win and, and kind of where he's been on tour up and down for years. It took him 369, like, he, his first 369 starts he only won once, and he's won now four times in his last 55 starts, so... He's kind of Yeah, come
0: on. I, I was actually looking at that same stat. He's won uh, once a year for four straight years, which is um, fifth right now on the streak of, of tour wins. Yeah, it is. But uh, did you have the same stat pulled up?
1: I did see that stat for sure. Um, so
0: Kevin Na's won four straight uh, in four straight seasons. At uh, he's tied for fourth with John Rom four straight. And then we got Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau at five straight seasons, which is pretty wild. Like I feel like Bryson hasn't been out there for five years. Um, I, maybe I'm just getting old. Just, I'm not old, but it makes me feel old. It was but just then, skinny,
1: short Bryson, non-yoked Bryson he, that didn't yeah, make the
0: headlines. Exactly hitting seven, seven iron a buck sixty, not two thirty. Um, but then this obviously just sticks out. This is quite the outlier here. Dustin Johnson has won in 14 straight seasons on the PGA Tour, and that is almost three times the the consecutive wins per year record um, as second place right now in in terms of current streaks. So Dustin Johnson has just been uh, playing really good golf for a really long time, and that was kind of my, like, little stat of the day is DJ's won in 14 straight seasons, like, that dude has just got it made, and he—he's kind of bulked up a little bit in his older age. And he's not old; I think he's in his mid mid thirties, um, which is prime golfing years for a lot of guys, really. Um, but he's been doing it for so long now; people just get accustomed to seeing him win, and it's really not that. It's like when LeBron wins an MVP. You know, it's, people expect that from him. Like, people expect Dustin Johnson to go out and win and be up near the top of the leaderboard. But uh, that was a pretty crazy stat. Back to Hawaii. So yeah, Kevin I was going to say,
1: so Kevin Na, uh, you mentioned him walking in putts, one of the douchiest. It's actually become funny now because a lot of people are, like, making TikToks and stuff.
0: But what well, yeah, Tiger imitated it. That was one of the most famous things is, is Tiger tried to imitate it. But it's really kind of his uh, one-of-a-kind move. And if it couldn't get any, like, douchier, he's – did you see the logo on the back of his polo? mm It's him walking in a putt oh. and reaching into the hole. His logo on the top of his shirt, on the back of his shirt, is him walking in a putt. That's actually um,
1: kind of outstanding, actually.
0: Well, it's outstanding. Like, it's just gold-level douchebag, you know? You know like, who has a logo of themselves besides Michael Jordan? On any of the shit they wear, you know what I mean. That is, if you wear stuff with your own shirt on it, that's like farting in your hand and then smelling your (laughs) head Honestly, like (laughs) that. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Like you're that into yourself, and you know, like I'll give it to Nah. I actually like the dude, but yeah, he he's one of those kinds of dudes. Um, just from an outsider's perspective, who seems like he would just be kind of rough to play 18 holes with um, you know some guys just are like 100 percent on the entire time like you, you see how he walks he's he's locked in the entire time he never really takes uh a minute off you know he's he's out there to compete and to win and so good on him got his uh fifth career pj tour win and uh Another thing, so we're going to do a little, a a small segment here where we talk about how you identify people like Kevin Na on the first tee. Like, are you playing with a Kevin Na? Um, So I'll let Spencer start it off. I got a few things in mind here.
1: All right, so one thing that sticks out to me, and uh, Dave Eddy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, you're a legend, but if if you roll up to the first tee and somebody's got full-on iron head covers, they are a proverbial Kevin Nah like, and we're just talking kind of just douchey golf things that people do. Well,
0: Bubba Watson just came out with his iron head covers, so that kind of yeah knows you. Kind of, I'm sorry, that kind of sh- shows you where that puts him. No, that's super K-
1: on brand with him, which we tweeted yeah. about the other last week. But yeah, if if somebody rolls up to the first tee with a full set of iron head covers, you just know it's probably going to be a long day playing golf with them.
0: Oh, for sure, hundred um, percent. One that I actually that Kevin actually does or did do for a period of time, which was hilarious to watch, was just the, the magnificent series of yips that he went through. Um, he literally could not swing at the, the, the ball. He would get to the top of the swing. And we t- I think we talked about it on a previous podcast, but when you see a dude standing over a ball for 20, 25 seconds, or I have never seen somebody like take a practice swing like Kevin Na's done where he's actually addressing it and then he just goes with the old Jack T. Moon in a, uh, um, from the Flint Tropics, little semi pro and he's like, Oh, do you only if you wanna, only if you wanna <laughs> like back and forth. Give it back, give it back. Oh, only if you wanna. Like you, you, you know he wants to swing at it but he just can't do it. And you see dudes. And I don't want to generalize here, but usually the worse golfer you are, or I wouldn't even say worse, the more inexperienced you are, the longer you have a tendency to stand over it. Partially just because you're uncomfortable. You're like, this just isn't natural. I feel super weird. But partially because you think that everybody does it and nobody wants anyone to do it. Um, I don't think anybody's like, oh, yeah, take a little longer over it. Like, usually at about five to seven seconds, I start looking around, like, is everybody seeing the same shit I'm seeing? Is this going to be five hours today? Um, Probably. Uh, And, yeah, I just – I can't stand watching a dude stand over a ball for 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds, especially Bryson DeChambeau with all his fucking practice swings and his – hibochery that he's got going on. I don't even know if that's a word or not. Um, but yeah, I, I am definitely an advocate for a quick setup routine. And that is when you know you have paired with that random single and he shows up to the first tee, stands over for 15, 20 seconds. You better crack a cold one right there because you're in for a long day.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, something else that Kevin Knott did um, that he made famous. This is all the way back in 2011. But he carded a 16 on the ninth hole at the Valero Texas Open, and like he's a tour player. He still shot 80 that day, which is pretty impressive, actually, be that is t- nuts. carding a 16, but in the world that we're talking about, we're talking about how to spot a Kevin Na in a world of, of amateur golfers. Those people that want to finish the hole and will not pick up their golf ball, even though they're fixing to card to 16, like he's in a tour event. He pretty much has to do it. Otherwise, he's withdrawing. But like the people that you go play with and you're just having a good time and they're like chunking it out of the trees and just getting more and more angry with each swing. That is something that just drives me insane. If you're, you know, and you
0: see, you can see the the groups of cards stacking up behind you. Oh yeah. And you're like, bro, today. Yeah, like, they're let's like, get this shit on the road. They're
1: like asking people from the other fairway if they saw their ball. They're continually looking for their ball um, in the in the weeds, or like they can't find it. But like, and the whole group's up on the green, and you're still in the back, like two hundred yards away, looking for your ball. Like that's just not it. So. That's one of those things that you definitely can't do, especially in a casual friendly round. Like, let that $3 Pro V go and move on.
0: For sure. Or hopefully, you know, if you're that concerned, you're playing a 50 cent noodle or a uh, whatever, you know. I, shit, I, if I get a bad, bad round going, we talked about it last week, but I move straight from the tour quality down to the fucking, the rocks, the, the, Top Flights, the what Usually, I just have old, beat-up Pro-V-1s in the bottom of my bag that are super old, and I pull those out. So, yeah, they're you, still good balls. They just don't have half a cover on them.
1: You can usually just judge how good our rounds are going by checking our ball on the back nine.
0: Yeah, usually by, like, 14, Spencer's got, like, some orange ball out or some fucking soccer ball. I'm like, what's going on here? And you can tell how deep he's been digging in his bag for that, but... Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that myself. Um, another thing Kevin Na does that I don't appreciate <laughs> is all his excessive leaning. Um, I'm not saying you have to have a perfect follow through, but he like recoils and immediately he starts like talking to his ball, like he's barking at it to do this, do that, um, and especially with your amateur buddies, like I get it, he's on tour, he can do whatever he wants. But if you shank one, or if you if you know it's thirty yards right, don't be like get left, get left. Like we know it's over in the fucking weeds, bro. You don't need to yell at your ball. Um, it's that's something that bugs me, and I, I've been a. Everybody's been there at some point. I do do a fair amount of leaning, um, so it's something I hate about my own game too. You know, everyone can improve. Um, we but all have. I do.
1: We all have flaws.
0: Exactly, and I. I I also have a tendency that I know people don't like um, is to talk to other people's balls. Yeah, I was just going
1: to say the one thing that, like, I'll piggyback off that is you always keep your mouth off your – like, if you're playing against someone, you always keep your mouth off their ball. Like, whether you are trying to be an outright dick and tell the ball to go in the water, that's annoying, and whether you're trying to be, like, think you're being helpful and tell their ball to go left when it's going way right – is also annoying because you know you don't believe that at all, and so uh, being a being a competitor or even just in a fun round, like the best thing you can always do is just kind of keep pipe down and keep your mouth shut and not not comment on other people's ball flight. It'll it'll save you some fights and headaches.
0: Yeah, it's really kind of a double edged sword because even if you're rooting for them and you don't mean anything mean by it, like if it doesn't result in something good somehow like especially people who love to I, I personally I don't think I've ever gotten upset at it, but I know Spencer's gotten upset at me for it. He's like, Shut the fuck up, like get your mouth off my ball. I'm like, dude, it was gonna go in the bunker either way. I was just trying to like be po- like, I was just trying to give you some positive encouragement. Um, but yeah. And I actually think it's kind of funny if you're like just an outright dick, like get in the water you know and a lot of the time it's sarcastic like you don't actually mean it that's one of those things that you mutter under your breath and hope nobody hears well that's what you um, do when
1: you're losing it's like when you're losing that's yeah. like more okay more generally acceptable but when you're winning and you do that you're just a giant giant kevin uh giant D- oh
0: for sure for sure um well, do you have any other Kevin Knowsoms that we no like that to discuss?
1: that about covers it. We've uh, so we've given you some tips here on what not to do when you're uh, when yeah. you're on the golf course with your buddies, or
0: or how to spot that guy. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, people, everyone's had those pairings before. Oh, I gotta throw one more thing in there. Um, in my short-lived golf playing career, um, I could always spot the biggest douchebag on the practice range by whoever is wearing joggers. (laughs) Jogger golf pants are just an invitation to get sucker punched, in my opinion. I hate them. Um, And there's this dude who is at all the events I was at. He played at BYU, and so you already know he thinks he's better than everyone else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's an underlying. We'll just leave it at that if you don't know what BYU is.
0: He wore the exact same BYU hat. And I think you – I mean, he was, he's good stick. I'm sure he's still playing professionally. I never even knew the dude's name. Um, but he just wore the same pair of, like, tan joggers to golf. And I, the first time I saw him, um, I was like, is this dude for real? Like, this was before joggers were even in. And I still hate him. Like, I mean, I don't – I wear, like, cuffed sweatpants. That's about as far as I go. But to have full-on, like, jogger golf pants, as a grown man um, – if you're in high school, whatever, you're you don't know any better. But to to be fully aware of what's on your legs and to still do that every single day, it's just something I, I can't support. Uh, just something I can't get behind.
1: <laughs> yeah, like we are we are debunking the myth that golf is a stuffy sport. But at the same time, like there's just things you you can do them and you can if as long as you're fine with it, it's fine. But like you're gonna get made fun of by most people that play the game. That's just how it goes.
0: Oh yeah, it was like when the dude was put- practicing on the putting green wearing his joggers. I had like my phone on my hip pocket, like taking a picture of him, tweeting it out, like what an idiot he looked like. Um, so that I'm sure that's on my Twitter from like four or five years ago. Um, but anywho, that's that's the final straw for me there. I'm like, you know what, dude, you got you got joggers on. It's just not gonna do it for me, dog. Uh, but we are going to move on to our DraftKings picks of the week this week. Um,
1: so real quick, let's we'll, yeah, yeah,
0: let Spencer take the floor for just a sec here.
1: We'll give you guys a little recap of how we did last week. So um, every week, just so we're clear here, so when we, when we tout our wins or lick our wounds after our losses, we're basically, you know, a lot of you guys, if you listen to any of the other DNVR podcasts, they t- are, especially if you listen to DNVR Bets with RK and Andre, they talk about units. So everybody has different units. Um, s- some units may be more than others, and that's fine. Each unit's create is, is created equal um, in your own mind. But so we talk about units, and basically what we want you guys to do is if you guys are actually taking these picks, let us know, tweet us, whatever. But we're taking the top ten picks. We're taking two top ten picks a week, each of us. That is like a full one unit bet. That's like if you're logging in to bet a game, uh, bet an NBA game, bet uh, an, any sort of any game that you know you're putting. Let's say your units twenty dollars. You're putting twenty dollars on that because we're giving you a good quality bet, maybe a little bit higher of odds, but you're getting a good quality bet, and you're not you're not you're not going crazy. You know, one unit's good, but then when we give you a winner, now if you're if you're feeling like you got some coyones some, you know, Andy Reid type of going for fourth and one with a backup quarterback type of balls, you can go for some that. brass
0: church bells.
1: You can put down, you know, a full unit on these winners, but these winners are generally half a unit, a quarter of a unit. So, when we tout our win-loss record, I don't want to hear anybody in my menchies like, oh, you told me to, you know. Like, I'm all I'm saying is we're telling you to put a unit on the top tens, and you can sprinkle a light sprinkle on the winners because these are these are there's one guy that wins and there's like 80 dudes that play
0: so yeah, anyway, just a little salt based sprinkle yeah plus. a
1: little salt based sprinkle on the winner so real quick we'll get into our picks from last week um, we I had
0: some mine up pretty quick they were ass
1: we had let's see here we had and this is on the draftkings sports book of course we had J.T. Poston to be in the top ten, loser. Um, Brendan, loser. Brendan Todd to be in the top ten, loser. Sun J.M. Sun J.M. to be in the top ten, loser. <laughs> Kevin Kisner and Collin Morikawa winning, loser, loser. So we're zero for five. But but <laughs> Mark Leishman top ten, bang bang, five dollars to win thirty. So so that covered all that units. covered everything. Sa- so we're unit. Yeah. We're not losing units here. We're safe. We we if you guys bet on golf last week, you made it out even, and that's what we, we, we want every the unit. week. We protect the unit. We didn't lose you any money. You're welcome. Now we're gonna get into our DraftKings pick of the weeks for this week. But before we ta- we do that, we're gonna tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. The return we have all been waiting for is here this weekend. Our boy, the Notorious MMA, is back, stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. The official Sportsbook partner of of the UFC and DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, is giving you a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by a knockout in the first round, and if he does, you're cashing in $257. These are ridiculous odds. You have to bet this. Yeah, if you're a new user, log in. You have to bet this. If he knocks him out, it's automatic two hundred and fifty-seven dollars, and you can play units on units from there. While we're all excited about the UFC's premier battle, let's not forget that football is in the midst of the playoffs. This is one of my favorite weekends. I know everybody loves divisional weekend last weekend, but like championship weekends, like Super Bowl, like this is a big deal. These are you know they're celebrating afterwards. They're winning a trophy. So head over and there's always like. Profit boosts, there's always like, they're giving you guys boosts on, I know I got a boost this last week, Kareem Hunt to score a touchdown, boosted like another plus 250, and that was easy money, I hammered that, and I won, so I max betted, they said max bet was 25, I said 25, Kareem Hunt to score, they boosted it for me, and I came out with like $83 in the positive on that. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 in in order for you or in a memoir of USC 257 if McGregor wins by a first round knockout. Place your bets and watch the fist fly this weekend. That once again, that's code DNVR for new players get $257 if McGregor wins by first round knockout. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
0: All right, well, let's get into our picks for this week then, big guy.
1: All right, what you got? Hit me with it. I'm logged in to my DraftKings. I'm about to take these. I'm about to hammer
0: Okay, so I, we'll go with our top 10s first, okay. and then we'll drop our winners at the end. And once again, um, you
1: guys, this is for the Abu Dhabi. Um, that's the pool that's up on DraftKings this week. They do not have the uh, American Express Championship. But real quick, the Abu Dhabi. If you just Google this course, the fucking clubhouse looks like an eagle, and it's phenomenal. It's unreal. It's like a giant eagle. I've never seen anything like it. They, yeah,
0: the amount of money they th- some people have over there, I don't even know who owns it probably some oil company or some czar or I don't even know what they call them over there, but some like oil tycoon has just got billions and billions of dollars. Um, cause yeah, they, they went all out on the clubhouse and the golf course is unreal. Uh, but my pick couple, so my two top tens this week, um, I've got Henrik Stenson in the top 10 at plus four fifty. The dude's got a great track record there. He's won there before. He loves the golf course. Uh, and he's just a, a fucking stick. Like, how can you... Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman. Um, three woods only around that that place. Uh, 450, that's a good value at top 10. He feels like every time he steps on that course, he top 10s. So. Um, and then we've got Justin Rose to top 10 at plus 335. He's also got a good history there, plenty of top 10s. Um, and he's just also a, a world-class player. I mean... Getting these kinds of plus odds for guys uh, in the field like this that are um, perennial top 50, top 25 players in the world that have a great track record here. It's tough to turn them down. So I got Henrik Stenson plus 450 to top 10 and Justin Rose also top 10 to plus 335.
1: Love it. So I'm going bitch mode here a little bit, but there's still plus odds because golf is you never know what's going to happen to a player in a given week, but I'm going to go Tommy Fleetwood to top 10. He's only missed one cut in his last 13 tournaments, and he's already won at this place twice and got second last year. So, like, don't be – don't overthink this one. Sometimes, like, if we we wouldn't have overthought the Masters, we would have cashed out with Dustin Johnson, right? So don't overthink this tournament in Abu Dhabi. Fleetwood's played – he's made that place his playground. Like, he tears it up there. He's plus 138, so risk 10 to win 1380 or collect 2380 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So – And today's his birthday. So it's his birthday. He's already won there twice. He's gotten a second place. Don't get cute. Tommy Fleetwood, top 10 at Abu Dhabi, plus 138. And my second player, top 10, plus 275, Martin Keimer. I want you to listen to this real quick. This is how Martin Keimer's played at Abu Dhabi. He's won three times 2008, 2010, 2011. He's also had a runner up, a third place, a T4, and a T6. And he had six top ten, top tens last year, and was T eight at this event. So once again, don't get cute. Hammer Martin Keimer plus two seventy five. So that's ten dollars to win twenty seven fifty. Easy money.
0: Pretty good yeah. odds. Yeah, Easy I like money that. on that. I really like that. Um, so my winner is a little bit of a long shot. You know, I'm I'm swinging for the fences here. Uh, but my boy Shane Lowry, the the jovial um, Irishman is going to go in there get the dub. He's won here before. Um I take that back. I don't think he's won there. Did he win there? Um I no, he did win there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh he won there 2 years ago, I want to say. Um he's plus 3,000. He's he's been struggling. He struggled a little bit last year, but he came out in a press conference today and said he's more motivated than ever. Um, it is a Ryder Cup year. It was supposed to be last year, but the Ryder Cup is going to be played in 2021. And Where is that being played those... at?
1: Whistling Straits. I played there. Whistling
0: Straits. Oh, I don't know, of course. I shot I, 82. I played there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, who knows? That might get it done. But Shane Lowry, you know how much the, the European guys love to represent their country in the Ryder Cup. It's a real rite of passage for them. They really. Treat it like Ian Poulter said. His greatest career um, achievements have, have been at the Ryder Cup, and that just goes to show you to make zero money off of it. So those guys feel really strongly about playing in the Ryder Cup, and he is really motivated to get off on the right foot this year. Plus three thousand, throw a buck on it. You know, like that can't hurt. Win thirty bucks, throw five on it. Win whatever a dollar, whatever 30 times five is, um, it's $150. You know, like it's a good value. He's played well there before. And I, I would just love to see him get it done. Every time he wins, you know, the bottles are popping in the clubhouse after and a few too many glasses of vino, a few Guinness are pouring. And so you just root for fun dudes like that to win. So I got Shane Lowry plus 3000.
1: Love it. So my winner is I'm going to go just double down on my boy Fleetwood He's plus 1200 to win it, so it's a dollar to win twelve, ten 10 dollars to win 120. So put your money down on Tommy Fleetwood both top 10 and the winner. You can click on the same line, click two separate bets, put each individual amount in on As long as he didn't week.
0: hit it too hard on his birthday. You know. That like, is true. The tournament does start. I feel I got, like, at the tournament, I think they're playing like right now or pretty soon.
1: I think that when you get old enough, you just don't care about that anymore.
0: But dude, they're they're celebrity like they're I I would be I mean if I had that kind of money I, I'm hitting it hard until I
1: literally keel over. Yeah, that's so. that's probably true. All right, real quick, uh, we got one. I got one pick for you guys for the American Express just so I can have some clout if he wins. Adam Hadwin is going to win the American Express this week in California.
0: Oh, is that right? Who did I have? God bless it. Um, there was a guy that I liked, and I don't have it in front of me. Let me see real quick. Oh, shit. I,
1: Should I start filibustering while you're trying to find this?
0: Let's go with the, the Colorado boy, Wyndham Clark. He's out in the field. Um, he hasn't gotten a win yet on tour. He's, you know, he's fucking really good. He's whooped my ass around the course a few times. So if he's beat me, he can beat anyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Wyndham Clark uh, taking home the dub.
0: Yeah, if he wins, I want all the credit, just hypothetically. Well, maybe at some point we should try to get him on the pod. You know, that would be pretty cool.
1: I'd enjoy um, that.
0: But anyways, uh, I, th- I think we're all done here. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of our podcast, Big Drive Energy. You can follow us on um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, like, subscribe, um, all of the above. Give us a rating five stars preferably but anything will do (laughs) um and other than that thank you for listening to our podcast and we are out